have decided that the world is divided very, very directly between people who are compassionate and selfless and have a sense of community and people who are just selfish assholes. I was nearly keeping shouldered for the large chicken I was trying to get at the market on Sunday and the bloke who didn't get the last chicken was fairly abusive. So when we sat down last night to the roast chicken, I was very happy as I put the knife and fork in. I mean, who does that? It's interesting there are eight people on it, four presidents and four commissioners, not a woman amongst them. So let's say Dusty tests positive. I'm not wishing that on your... Corey? St- <laughs> your what a, hero what an example to pick. I just had to do that. Corey, I'm going to throw in one more thriller, which is on Netflix, which you will get addicted to. It's called Giri Haji. In English, it means duty, shame. Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin. Welcome, everybody, to episode 119 of Don't Shoot the Messenger. I'm Caroline Wilson. I'm here for this special edition with my dear friend and bookseller, Corrie Perkin, in my bookshop. We are in my bookshop, which actually is my bookshop, not yours, strictly speaking, Caro. But yes, (laughs) that's the curiosity of the name. We love it. And we're here with our dear friend, Anna, from the op shop, Anna Barry. Hello, Anna. Hello, Corrie. Hello, Miss Jane. Hello, Caro. Are we all socially distancing appropriately? Everyone, we're metres apart. We're sanitised, we've got our coffee and we are here because everybody is working from home at the moment and this is our home away from home and has there ever been a better time to read a book? Anna's got some great tips in that area, so do I. We've got a lot of housekeeping to get through. We're going to talk a lot about the impact this is having on all of us and all of you. We're going to have a special segment. In fact, we're going to have a special breakaway segment that you'll be able to find later this week. Good local tips. So stay tuned for that. We'll do our footy tips and we'll talk about the footy today. But as we chat, we don't know what's happening with football. I don't think Gillan McLaughlin knows. I have an apology, Corrie. Kel Island is beside herself. Oh, the scone (laughs) recipe, Kel Island. OMG, OMG, OMG. That's how her text began. Somehow she seems to have buggered up a four-ingredient recipe. How could you, Kel? It's three cups of self-raising flour and not one. Oh, I mean, that's, that's pretty significant. It's majorly significant. He, it was so good. I remember I said it's just one cup of everything, and I did think, look, I didn't think. I just thought, gee, that sounds like an amazing, simple and recipe. it's been such a long time since I cooked scones. I didn't even pick you up on it. I just went with the recipe. Miss Jane, you're going to need to amend the notes, but it, instead of one cup of self-raising flour, one cup of cream and one cup of lemonade, the flour element is three. Kel is just completely beside herself, feels like a dill, but Kel, it's okay. We're all in a very forgiving frame of mind at the moment. Uh, Carol, I, have, I don't know whether this is an apology or just hands up in the air. I don't know what else to do. But the bookshop has cancelled all events and book clubs until further notice. And potties will remember last week I was plugging the Monday morning cooking club girls coming down from Sydney. We love their new cookbook. But uh, I received an email from Lisa of the Monday morning cooking club on Friday to say, very sorry, we've decided we're not going to do our Melbourne launch series of events, including a big one with the Jewish community, um, many of whom are elderly. So they've canned everything. And then that prompted me over the weekend to think probably we should abandon all of our things as well. Interestingly, 
Anna and Caro, I did a, uh, as you know, every week the bookshop has uh, a newsletter that goes out to our gang, which people can subscribe to. You just go onto our website and you join our friends. And I said that um, ever since we started the bookshop 10 years ago, we've had this thing of like the old baker and the old butcher. We home deliver books free of charge within five kilometres of our shop. We've been doing this for years. One of my kids said, Mum, ramp it up, now's the time. I did... I got in here on Saturday morning. I had three email orders. A couple of people called self-isolationists. We need some books. So thank you, everybody, for doing that. And a lot of Melbourne bookshops are now doing the same. So if you're stuck at home and you're looking at the old pile of books beside the bed going, I cannot face David Baldacci one more time or Jack Reacher or, dare I say, Mary Stewart Carroll in your case, just give your local bookshop a call and we'll all deliver. Uh, Ro Thompson on Instagram, our friend Ro, thinks we're all going to start shedding clothes when CV-19 confines us. She's predicting spring cleaning. Um, Paper Pins and Pans on Instagram loved last week's episode. She uh, predicts banana bread might be in my future, um, Corrie. And um, you've brought some beautiful banana bread in this morning, so thank you. Um, And we want to also send a cheerio to Rebecca Bernard, who put a lovely Instagram post about our podcast last week. We didn't get to read it. So thanks, Beck. Anna, how are you going in the op shop? Because what a place to be working at a time like this. I know. It's been, I mean, apart from numbers down, you know, people not coming in, it's just a really anxious making sort of environment. I mean, I don't. we don't know whether we're going to close next week. From today, we're going um, just card, no, no money. So we're not... Yep, handling money because I think money after playing cards is the most diseased thing. So a lot of hand sanitizers gone down, but no, it's not the op shop that we all know and love. It's been, you know, people aren't coming in. It's not an essential service. Have you considered not working? No, I haven't because I just think, you know, you've got your community and you've got your peeps and I think you've got to keep going. I think we'll be shut down next week anyway. So I feel, and I only work part-time. Who would, who would make that decision, Anna? Well, either the head of Sacred Heart or whether the government's going to come in and say shops are shut. We, we could argue that we're essential services, though, your shop and my well, shop. Well, exactly. No, I feel we are. And mm. we've got a lot of clients that come in that, you know, this is the only thing they do in the day. I mean, I'm not saying... No, but mental, but, mental, head, but, but mental health, mental health and, and, and connecting and, with people. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's been a bit of a grim old spot. However, Oh, still humorous, but... Daughter, daughter Rose in Amsterdam is sending some pretty funny um, videos and stuff. She's been shut down for nearly oh, five days now, so everything's shut except supermarkets. And um, everyone's been working at home for something like 10 days, and both she and her partner are... Oscar's teaching remotely, Rose's editing remotely, and it is funny not to be able to... um, I don't think she frequents the coffee shops of Amsterdam, but she sent me a photo of a queue the day they closed. I mean, talk about Paran Market at Christmas time. It was hysterical. (laughs) And the the news showed one the other night, a cafe in Amsterdam where you can... um by hooch over the counter, and they're all puffing well, away like that's a yeah, thing. Yeah. Oh, they're called it. coffee shops. Oh, are they? Oh, Corrie, sorry, I didn't. Called... I didn't see your fingers go up in the, the air cafe. as you did it. No, well, they're called coffee shops. Cafes, of course, are closed. When you think about our lives, I mean, I was actually the interaction. Yeah. The, I mean, you don't. You can go out, have a coffee, walk in the park, buy your stuff locally, come home. You've had a lovely morning. If you can't do that, it is really, obviously, isolating. And I I actually sat down and, you know, we keep telling ourselves in our house, we are so lucky. You know, we are so lucky to have a house and a job. And um, I looked at my week, which has all been cancelled, you know, two lovely 60ths, 
um, a night at the ballet with Mum Vault, a night at the Melbourne Theatre Company to see Emerald City. Has I that mean, gone? All gone. Everything gone. And and I thought, and, and a night at the MCG watching Richmond, which I'm still hoping to do because I'm... I'm part of the 3AW commentary team, so they'll let me in. But I thought, what a fabulous week I had. And I wasn't even thinking I was lucky. And now it's all gone. I'm thinking, I am so lucky. What a great life I have. And, you know, I dare not complain, really, about anything. And, Corrie, as to the monthly challenges, we'll clearly facial They do. They do seem a bit uh, no, frivolous I, now, don't they? However, well, I just wanted you both to notice be... the lovely dress that I'm wearing. Mm. I was... Um, we love this. I We've was seen this go- dress before. Well, yes, but no. only on, on good occasions, Caro. So as, as everybody remembers, my challenge was stop keeping things for best and start using it. So I had planned, I had this dry cleaned the other day for a gathering to which I was invited next Wednesday, a rather large pate for over 100 people, and that has now been cancelled. So I looked at the dress this morning and I thought, who better to show it off in front of except my three favourite girlfriends? Exactly. So crack it out. And Miss Jane is just so jealous about it, aren't you? You're and just, all those you've been lovely customers who come in today are going to enjoy seeing it too, well, Corrie. Well, I hope they make comments and say something, but look, with your facials, Caro, or like, uh, in fact, <laughs> I've decided you're going my... to give me a facial once a month, Corrie. <laughs> <laughs> That's your monthly challenge. <laughs> Great. Uh, I, I, in our extended mix, uh, new edition GLT, which we uh, which all which debut we, we debut this week. I do have some suggestions. If you are, in all seriousness, if you are um, stuck at home, how to make, as Anna would say, every post a winner, and facials do come under that. So remind me to mention that a little bit further on. Um, Adjustments. Well, I, I think we should talk about the coronavirus in in all sort of seriousness and how it's related to our lives and and any observations that we've made. My overarching observation, girls, over the last week has been I have decided that the world is divided very, very directly between people who are compassionate and selfless and have a sense of community and people who are just selfish assholes, the people who push handicapped or older people to one side as they grab the frozen peas out of the freezer at Woolies, the people who come into the bookshop and demand because they're self-isolating and they're standing in front of, they're pushing in front of, as happened on Saturday, someone pushed in front of as though that person had to get home immediately to self-isolate. There were four deep at the counter. So I think we all have to go to that side of the line, the compassionate side rather than the other side because the bad behaviour has been appalling. What about you, Anna? We've had a bit of that at the op shop, but don't you think, you know, crises, drama, it always brings out, you hope it brings out the best in people, but often it brings out the worst in people. I was nearly hip and shouldered for the large chicken I was trying to get at the market on Sunday, and the bloke who didn't get the last chicken was fairly abusive. So when we sat down last night to the roast chicken, I was very (laughs) happy as I put the knife and fork in. I mean, who does that at a market? There was plenty of food. I mean, and we're there, not and there, there will rations. be plenty of food if, if everybody just buys what they need. I think people have gone nuts. But it's no need to be swearing at someone at half past seven on a Sunday morning. Well, I heard a story of a lady Ridiculous. in Col- lady in Coles. She, she was being observed by someone I know, and she reached forward for the last uh, packet of rice, and four or five people 
were mouthing off at her. Oh, I saw that first. I was coming back to get that, this sort of thing. And as she picked it up, she dropped it. And, of course, the, the bag broke. She was mortified, of course, because of the mess. But people started laughing at her. These mean people laughed like, ha, 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 you didn't get the last bag of rice. <laughs> really, what are we coming to? Have it's we, just yeah. what, what is going on? And I wonder whether social media, Anna, Anna and Caro, have had something to do with this, whether the fact that there's so much filming of our lives going on at the moment, some people, these bad people on the other side of the line, these people are playing it up for the camera or showing off or allowing bad behaviour to be, uh, it, that it is acceptable. As Rose said from Amsterdam, more dancing on balconies, please. You know, oh. can we please be a bit more like the Italians? I mean, I'm sure there have been bad scenes there. On a happier note, I'm talking to my neighbours a lot more. Everybody seems to be exactly. chatting. and Community, that's Clem, what we've got to embrace. Daughter Clem has never cooked nicer and more interesting meals as a result. She's working at home at the moment and everybody knows that they're working days might be cut or their hours might be cut. Um, son Ned and his partner Zoe have, have only in the last 24 hours decided they're not moving to London, certainly not now. People, you know, the anxiety is there, but mm. in its place, everyone's starting to think about people who are going overseas are planning road trips. People who are forced to stay at home are doing pantry cleanouts. I've got to say, I've got big plans for my pantry, <laughs> big plans. Corrie, you will never see a weevil again no, in your well, life. No, well, don't bring them up because they've been bad with this warm spell of weather. As <laughs> you everybody get the knows, I've moved, you know, 12 houses in 10 years but or something. Them Actually, you. that's a bit of an exaggeration. But, They're in but your the last wear. move, Anna, the last move when we moved next door to the new rental, the last move, I promise you, I washed and cleared and mm. threw everything. Is it that bag of arborio rice? I mm. don't know. So on the weekend, I was working both days and... If I just saw one more moth, I was going to, you know, have to start a silk factory. And so I said to my husband, look, can I just leave the pantry with you? Because he was doing these effing weevils, you know. So he got into the pantry. I came home, total pantry cleaner. The pantry looks fantastic. Mm. But do you know where I found a gathering of eggs? Because they were still there the next day. And I said, you just haven't, like, something's something here. seriously going on. With there, in your I need to go and have in a look at Anna. Bingo, but Thank not you. even the recipe books. Mm. I went through all the pages and everything. Do you know where it was? On a much beloved Donna Hay old food magazine of hers. Yeah. And there was this gathering of eggs. And so That's your I community. Threw, I threw <laughs> Mm. They're not social distancing. No, they so are I threw not. the whole lot of my yeah. darling magazines oh. into the bin. Uh, you know, so we're just Gotta kind of done. waiting. We're just waiting. Mm. But ca- well, Carol- in terms of uh, speaking of Donna Hay, I went round because, of course, it Bridge is now a ghost game. You either play it remotely or small gatherings get together. And I've had a couple in recent days when I've had a few hours off. And our I friend hope you disinfected those cards. Were you worried when you were holding the cards? Yeah, a lot of hand you- sanitizer. Well, yeah. we usually play with unopened cards and open a new pack because we've all got. Cards. Cards yeah. in our, yeah. Well, they'll, they'll run out eventually. Play with little gloves. That would be quite in some people. With some, yeah. twin and friend, I saw someone friend, shopping with gloves yesterday. Sorry to interrupt. Our friend Tanya um, served the most beautiful Donna Hay lemon cake out of an old Donna Hay cookbook. Oh, what's probably mm-hmm. in and, my rubbish bin now. And she confessed. <laughs> and she confessed that it was one that she'd made over summer, and no one had come around. Something had been cancelled. She'd put it in the freezer, iced and everything. Came out. Oh. I would not have even known. 
You can put a full I cake in the freezer. You could have frozen a cake with icing. I would have thought at molecularly some, it would have. That, 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 this something. should be on the great, but it should be a good local tip. But that was great. Well, maybe when people are, are socially isolating, they can cook and then put things in the freezer like cakes. And when they go back to work, they know well, that they have seven orange cakes exactly. in the fridge. That one would be quite clever. One of my things is to think, plan a few dinner parties. Just plan the menu so you know where you're at. Yep. So when we actually get cracking and having fun and doing stuff. Our social lives will yeah, take Yeah, well, my social life is, my diary is just scribbles um, and cross outs and, and, and blank um, pages. So I mean, because, because we, we, both, we both have parents who are in their 80s. I did want um, to ask you about how you're coping with your parents. Yeah, well, well, mum was coming for dinner the other night and the kid said, look, we just don't really think she should come because we don't want to, no. we don't, we've been at work, we don't want to, what if we, what if we give it to her? So Clem went shopping to the market early yesterday in gloves. I, I got home to find her with gloves on, spraying disinfectant over every single item of food she'd just brought for mum. She was going to put coffee into a keep cup just out of the dishwasher. And we what both do you mean th- she sprayed disinfectant on the food? Well, over packets of rice. Oh, ri- okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I thought and she meant over her lettuce. No, no, something. no, no. She'd cleaned all the vegetables just in water, then took it round in bags that she'd also sprayed. Eucalyptus spray is a great thing too, but anyway. But you know your gloves, once you've put the glove on and touch one thing, that then that's contaminated. So gloves are actually not worth not it. We've discussed either. it at work because mm. then they're diseased and then you're just diseasing everything you touch. And so tell her ditch the gloves and just crack well, on well with she, the hand Well, she then washed the gloves anyway. So mm. she, she took it. Look, but anyway, everything was sprayed and disinfected and we couldn't – one thing about mum, she loves her coffee in a takeaway cup. She's not really a keep cup person, so we kept it in the takeaway cup, put it in the microwave, thought that would have killed off a few germs. But it was such a lovely, and, you know, and all like the family WhatsApp from all over Australia, where they all live, were like, Clem, that's great. Clem, send photos of mum at the front door. Yeah. You know, it, it was lovely. just a really nice thing to do. Well, it is bringing out uh, the best in a lot of people, not that your Clem needs to any more best because she's such a lovely girl, but it is, I think people are thinking innovatively about this. The one one thing that's really struck me, I guess, because of the age of my children are the number of weddings that have been cancelled. So I know that we are in a sphere of people having significant birthday parties that have been cancelled, but particularly these weddings. I don't get I this. Feel like so if, you, if you're planning a wedding, I mean, it's not like a party. I mean, it's like a funeral. You still, I mean, I know a funeral that was cancelled the other day, but you've still got to bury someone. You still can make your vows. Well, Why not just get married and put the party off till later? Well, I, well, I think that's what some people just don't want to do. And so, for example, the most recent episode, which I was um, WhatsApping the groom's mother, um, they have subsequently gone back to Singapore where she and her husband work. The wedding was to be here in uh, Victoria in a couple of weeks. Uh, the My friends from Singapore have flown out uh, the last couple of days, of course, had to go into, social, go into isolation, but they've had a kind of a hookup with the bride's parents and the bride and the groom, and they decided let's put this off until October because part of the problem is a number of the family live in, in Hong Kong and Singapore and can't get out for the wedding. And they the can bride, still get married. Well, they could, but the bride and groom don't want to do it like that. They want to actually say their vows in front of their loved ones, and yeah, because they're enough. having well, a home, because yeah. they were having a home wedding, they didn't have reception centre issues. It was yeah. re- relatively easy on one level to move it. But the 
the drama and the stress and the trauma that that poor extended family has gone through yeah. in the last few days. And, and can I just add that my friend um, said in this WhatsApp, she said, we're on a flight, we're going back to Singapore. It's not as crazy there. People are not fighting over toilet paper. It's so civilised. We're safer there than we are back in Melbourne. And I thought, well, that's, that's Singapore, just though, isn't shocking. That's law for you. Exactly. <laughs> can I just say, Chris's nephew was getting married in April and we just got the email yesterday saying they're still going ahead and getting married on the day. Yeah. Because they said, look, we've come this far. They want to be We're married. just so excited. We're being mm. married. Sadly, you guys won't be there. But in a year, they're going to redo, not redo the vows, but redo the reception. And I mean, that's, I, what, I, that's what I, I would just do. think you've, you've, you're in the frock. You've got, you know, you've had your hands. You've done all that. It's you about you and your husband. Yeah, yeah. You're in love. Yes, do that's it. true. I think I think so. I think a, I'm really they, happy they they're doing it. They are hard decisions, and I do understand those yeah. families who decide, look, you know, oh, we'll put it on hold. Be You've terrible. been waiting for this wedding day for a year or two years. It must be absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. Anyway, to all the brides and grooms out there, you know, keep that love strong, and you'll have a party sometime there's, soon. There's, um, I mean, I work with Matthew Lloyd, and he, and this sounds like a, such a small thing, but. You know, he coaches a, a private school football team and the, the greatest year of footy in your life, he reckons, is your year 12 football. And, I mean, we know, we know what it was. it's like going to things like the head of school girls and um, athletics events, all of which have been cancelled. I mean, you know, I, one of my very good friends has got a daughter in a crew that was absolutely A1 to win the head of school girls. And remember the excitement all over. No, no school footy, no country footy probably certainly not until the end of may no vfl footy no no was kick uh, and, and you yeah and you're here you were here today to get all excited I, about the football I season I how are you even, feeling about that i cannot get my head around the football i can't understand what gillen's saying i'm looking at caro <laughs> will i be sitting on my own tomorrow night eating my date and walnut yelling at the telly <laughs> i i just don't feel i'm going to have the vibe I don't, I don't understand. I it's can't. Re- it is really stressful in there. As you both know, my son, Will, is now working for the AFL and he is working in their media and comms department, Victorian football. So that's all your community teams, your community leagues, junior footy, suburban VFL, footy, everything. Regional. Can you imagine the impact that <sighs> this is going to have on some communities? So it's not just the gang who are connected to the football club, the players and the coaches and everything. It's the guy who has taken a lease on a coffee cart who knows every Saturday afternoon in winter he will be going from ground to ground in his local Western Victoria or wherever area selling coffee to people at a footy ground. Gone. Gone. You know, the, I, team, I, the, the team at the MCG, the hundreds of people who on Thursday night at the MCG should have been there to say, hey, hello again. It's like New Year's Day for me. It's always so lovely to see the same old people in the same places. The cheer squads. All, all know, gone. Will, will the cheer, I was thinking, will the Tigers cheer squad be weaving? Yeah. Their crepe paper, as we speak. Well, they or, certainly won't be unfurling the premiership flag. As no, we, glad, well, thank God for that. I we, mean. we should say that as we speak yeah. at this stage, what they're what they're trying to do, for obviously for a thousand reasons, but economic is one, and and also for the fixture is to get as many games away before somebody tests positive. At which point, the season will be called off at least for two weeks, and then it'll be a domino effect. So, but aren't the players saying, "Hang on, we don't want to play seventeen games. We actually want the full season." Yeah, well, and isn't not, that the stumbling block? Well, 
No, because they'll still have round one if nobody has tested positive by Thursday night, or they'll start round one. They're very frightened of looking like a chaotic group of idiots if somebody tests positive on Saturday and only half the round is away. Players have got to be very careful here, Anna. I mean, they've said for years they've been saying, we love the idea of a shorter season. We love the idea of a 17-round season when everyone plays each other once and the integrity of the fixture is intact. Now they've been offered that, albeit with a pay cut, and they've said, well, well, hang on, if you're prepared to play the season till Christmas, Christmas, which the AFL says they're prepared to do to get the games away, why not try for 22 games? Now, to me, that is... Uh, I can understand their reasoning, but I don't like it. But and is it because they don't want to take <clears throat> the pay cut? I think it is. Hmm. I mean, I didn't... When I saw Paul Marsh, I thought they've almost done the 360 turnaround because on Monday night they seemed to be saying, OK... We'll go for the 17. Now they're saying they want the extended season. We should attempt to get to 22. They're not happy with the 20% pay cut. Now, people at Channel 7 and Fox Footy have suggested to me that it'll be a 15 to 20% loss of revenue in terms of TV rights money if there are 17 games. You'll still get finals and they might extend the final series to 10 teams in the finals, which is that weird. Would, that, it would be weird, but that would make more sense to me than playing it through until Christmas. <laughs> well, it's well, I mean, but, but Corey, they might have to do that anyway with just seventeen games. But and what they want to contain games as well, so they'll try and play about four rounds in three weeks or five. So, Carol, what how do you does mean so contain games? Like? Well, well, as in make it short. So, Tigers play this Thursday. They might play again next Wednesday or Tuesday. Oh, so, so they're going to be games midweek. Well, they just have to get as many games under their belt away as possible before. We're all isolated Now, Carol, can you just take me through this? So let's say Dusty tests positive. I'm not wishing that on your... Corey? St- <laughs> your what a, hero what an example to pick. I just had to do that. So Dusty tests positive and the Richmond senior team is in lockdown and presumably if he's played the game on Thursday night, the, other, the opposition yep. as well, right? Yep. Now, why can't Richmond then move their total reserves team into that spot and play the following week? Because their reserves have been training. They're, they're, so that's the idea. That so why don't the they separate? Lists are forty why or forty-two. So and they can't. They're not thinking well, of separating players. No, they're going to bring in supplementary players. Um, but separating in terms of training and everything, like having team A and team B. No, because you can't play a B team. I mean, that totally destroys the integrity of the competition. It's not fair. I mean, it's not fair that a B team plays an A team. It, it's not going to happen. And anyway, the senior list still all train together. And even if you separated. The, you know, if you had the, you know, the could have been and the should have been or whatever you call them, the, what are probables and possibles? That's what they were called. Um, it, no, nah, it's not going to work. Oh, it's so complicated. It, but it, it is chaotic. Really it's chaotic and it's interesting. Um, this is just, we are still you know, doing our footy tips, by the way, throughout the year for as long as we can. We'll just take that as well. It's interesting that they've set up this so supposed sort of presidential cabinet, you know, wartime sort of cabinet thing. <laughs> Who's the Churchill? Well, for, well, Gillen. <laughs> For, well, Richard Goiter, who, look, let's face he certainly publicly has not shown any leadership at all in, in many areas. That's not to say he hasn't shown leadership behind the scenes. I don't know. But it's interesting there are eight people on it, four presidents and four commissioners, not a woman amongst them, mm-hmm. and very senior people in terms of the president. So there's Jeff Kennett, who's in his last year as president, Peter Gordon. There's um, Why wouldn't you have Peggy? Andrew Bassett. The most successful president mm-hmm. of... The last 10 years? Andrew Bassett from St Kilda. And relevant. And a woman. And um, Andrew Pridham, who's 
I think, you know, as, as we know, is oh, and sorry, no, it's not Andrew Bassett, it's Paul Bassett from the Commission, his brother, and um, Andrew Pridham, the chairman of the Swans, and Eddie Maguire. And Eddie Maguire and Andrew Pridham, as we know, are not friends at all, so it's quite funny that they've got together, but I think it's the, the, the dichotomy of that establishment is quite interesting Caro, to me. I think you have to put your spotlight on that group and watch what they do and what they decide. Well, I'll be walking ask Eddie Maguire about full... it every Wednesday night because we're doing oh, footy yeah, classified you can too. together. How's that relationship going? Well, we've got our first show, as we know, coming up, so more next week. Oh, good. Can't but it, look, to be honest, it will be good having him on the panel because he's in a position of knowledge and hopefully he'll impart some of that knowledge to um, Channel 9's viewers. Now, Caro, you have a crush this week. Look, please don't say Dustin Martin. No, I've done it just... again. She's done it again, what? Jacinta. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yet again, Jacinta has done the right Jacinta thing. On the, sh- on the show one day. Jacinta Ardern has shown, again, great foresight, great leadership and great strength. New Zealand did the right thing from the word go. Mm. Their, co- their positive tests of coronavirus are obviously far less than anyone else. It's really difficult, obviously, for sports such as um, rugby, etc. that, you know, once you go back there, you can't leave. But I think her decision, w- without actually closing borders initially, but making everyone quarantine from the minute they get there and before they leave again, everyone's following her lead now. And New Zealand is in a far, far better position than Australia. So well done, Jacinta. I'm we sorry, Corey. I know, I know I'm a bit repetitive, but really, she's just been unbelievable. She deserves to be crashed times two. She's and and I've, I've got to say, I, I don't think the AFL have been poor in the way they've... Sh- I think Gillen's been pretty good so far. Yes, I do In too. a tough situation. I do too. I thought the media conference he did a couple of days ago was uh, where he did show his heart and his compassion and his concern. Better Sadly, than, Anna, Anna from chap, the op shop couldn't understand him. Which better, was, better than that chap from the rugby league who just went AWOL. Oh, but I would no, suggest, give us money. The chairman, would, Peter Volandis. He did suggest, a Sam Kekovich, didn't he? He yeah. just was he went oh, off. Chris goes, he's like that bloke from the meat ad. He Come went on. off. But I would just suggest to Gillen's advisors, just, your, your boss has a bit of a five o'clock shadow issue. Maybe do a quick shave before you do a 5 or 6 p.m. press conference would be my communications tip there. I didn't mind the shadow. I just found he was slight stunned mullet. Someone asked him a question and he was, you know, on that sort of five-second delay. Or maybe I was just being critical because I was trying to devour information as a tragic no, it's tiger on, Anna. and not his, understanding he what he was his Achilles saying. heel when he was asked about what if there's a positive test because he <laughs> honestly doesn't. Well, he, that's when... That's when it's going to hit the fan. But, I mean, he should have just said that, like, be up front, because otherwise you just – I, I could, couldn't understand and it. And anyway. imagine a grand final not played at the MCG. Caro. Because if it rolls into the cricket season, they'll have to do a deal with cricket. Cricket might say get stuffed and we're all a marvel. Or oh. they might, for the first time ever, allow the team that finishes top of the ladder host a grand to final. Host it there. I did. So there, there might be a lot of things people have wished for for a long time actually happen actually, in a time yeah. of crisis. Ladies, BSF, oh. and yeah. you are both – going to give us a couple of book recommendations to see people through these difficult and anxious times. You kick it off, Anna. Well, I was thinking books are the perfect thing, aren't they? For these well, I like to think so, Anna. Self-isolation. <laughs> and I thought, look, maybe... Once sprayed. Yeah. No, they don't even need to be sprayed. Just get a wet one and give it a foof down. Get rid of your... Yeah, wet ones are good. Yeah. Weevils. Get rid of your weevils in the inside cover. I mean, you could try and crack out War and Peace or the Alexandra Quartet. I won't be. I'll be going much lighter and much closer to home. But my book today is called The Truants by Kate Weinberg. Do you yes, know it, Corrie? I do. It came into the shop 
gosh, probably about August last year, Anna. I, I read think. it at Christmas. It kind of came and went. It was a bit of a, a sleeper. But oh. you, you told me at Christmas about this, so I bought a few more copies in. I've, I must read it. No, um, it's her first novel, and it's a little reminiscent of Donna Tartt's A Sacred History, but much easier, not as big. Set in England? Set in England. And it's well-written. It's surprisingly funny and a clever whodunit. So you wouldn't expect it to be humorous, but it actually is. And it's a story of Jess Walker, and it begins when she enters um, a university in England to study English literature, her special subject, Agatha Christie. So oh, loving it already. Sounds brilliant. Um, it's the tale of the gang she befriends. So there's the aristocratic Georgie and her boyfriend Alex, who's a South African journo, and Jess's boyfriend, geology student Nick. So it's the story of this band of clever students. They're all sort of misfits in their own way. They've all got hilariously dysfunctional family backgrounds. And it's the way they negotiate their way through uni, love affairs, eccentric tutors and a murder mystery. And threaded through the story of references to Agatha Christie novels with their mysteries, murders and love triangles. So Agatha's stories sort of reflect... Sorry, actually what happens in the... I hope that's um, not a coronavirus it's cough. Not, there, it was just my sentence was too long. My punctuation's <laughs> let me down. <laughs> anyway, the love triangles are all involved in the story. Um, and it's a completely compulsive read. So I'd really recommend it. It's fabulous. Oh, it sounds great. And it really if, is. So, in fact, if I think I have to get some more of this into the shop. And, Carol, you and I should read it. It sounds absolutely perfect for us. It does. And, look, Anna, that sounds great. I've, I've got to... Um, Thanks for mentioning uh, the House of Trelawney last week, a double dip at mine, because I gather, looking at the book the books supply from Alan and Unwin, they have totally totally sold out of every well, copy in Australia. Oh, and, our, and, our, and our poor friend Mary, who I lent it to a Pressure few weeks ago, Mary. who has had a lot on and has been doing a lot of babysitting of her beautiful grandson, Richie, apologises and promises she'll finish it mm. by this weekend. Surely she can <laughs> can, I, can I just jump in there, just another Read and C- a CV mention? Mary, our friend Mary, as you mentioned, the one who's <laughs> hogging the book at the moment, mm. <laughs> um, very kindly asked me to play guest day at her golf club, which, as golfers will know, is a lovely invitation to offer a friend. And, of course, you go along, you join lots of women, you play a morning's golf, and then you have a nice lunch in the clubhouse together. It's a really lovely thing to do. Cancelled. I was going to say, will that be on? Oh, all, Even all. the golf part of it, it's just been cancelled. So Mary sent me a text yesterday. We were both so sad. But anyway, look, yeah, look keep it, playing golf, everyone. Um, Sorry, uh, Carol. An, another, no, no, no. Um, yes, she was very sad about cancelling that. Brendan played in a special St. Patrick's Day um, golf day the other day and the lunch was cancelled. But everyone just went in and ordered lunch and sat together anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, yes, you, most golf clubs will probably close, but you can still play golf, I think, yes, will be what right. happens. Um, our friend Deb Conway, who has just got, you know, got the Order of Australia earlier this year and yeah, two weeks ago fabulous. was awarded the Don Banks Award, which is a major Arts Council Award. Um, anyway, it, it is one of the most prestigious arts awards in this country. I walked with her yesterday. She says, please go back to Lionel Shriver's The Mandibles, which is, she said at this time, it, it sort of set, it starts off at the Wall Street crash and it's a family basically from the, the Great Depression until 2047. She said, please, it is so relevant in these times. But Anna, I need to thank you because I'm back on Dervla, Kurt. Dervla, 
McKinnon. McKinnon. Oh, have, are you reading the latest one? No, I've just read the second one. Loved the it. Scholar. The Scholar. How yeah. good. Which I, I bought from Corrie last week because I was desperate to read the third one. And then so Corrie, the first one is The Ruin. The right. Ruin. The which, Ruin was which Anna brilliant. Which Anna read me a few years ago. And Brendan loved too, I think. We both memory. loved it. So then I went and bought The Scholar. Corrie very kindly said to me, you can't buy the third one until you've read the second one. So The Scholar um, is still set in Galway. Um, a girl, look, a, a young girl who cannot be identified for a few days has been run over near a university, near um, where some very important scientific work is being carried out. It involves the, the major cop who is who is the hero of, of the first two novels his partner is a research scientist in the laboratory there's some murky waters there's there's a there's an heiress there is it, it's just a fantastic read i could not put it down so i highly recommend dervla mckernan he's mckernan I, mean, I don't know how we say her she was she's born in ireland correct. she lives in, in perth australia she is yeah. just this is a and great. And she's prolific, series. isn't she? I mean, she's already cracked out number and three. And has another one coming out at the oh, end of the year. Yeah. But, but the third one you've got here at the shop, Corrie, and mm. I can't remember the name it's of it. It's called. Um, just go and go and peruse the shelves <laughs> while I keep <laughs> yeah. talking. You, I want you to make well, you a stack got, for you us. Two, you two have a screen. Go and um, get the title of the yeah. book All because right, I want I'm, to I'm recommend just it. Leaving, I'm leaving the microphone now because I've been told to get a book off the shelf. Can you grab a few more that you think could be good for for people that are self-isolating? Yes, and a rum. I went and took myself off to the mm. cinema, something I probably won't be able to do for much longer. Well, I told Mum to get go on her own because, I mean, surely you can go to the movies yeah, well, if you're not in an enormous hoits of 500. I mean... I would have thought so. Sorrento I went, Cinema only holds about 30. Well, I went to a local regional cinema and I knew no one had come with me, so I went and saw mm. Miss right Fisher there. and the Crypt of Tears. You are so right <laughs> yeah. Oh, Look, seriously, it is a great fun... Is Essie Watson her from Television Player? Essie Davis, of course, is back as Franny Fisher, the heroine, the heroine of um, the Kerry Greenwood novels. I mean, I know people are divided on the Kerry Greenwood books. Mm. I think they're great. I really enjoy them. This is set in the Middle East, in Egypt, actually, and also in London. Sadly, the London scenes are filmed in Melbourne, and at one point I went, I'm sure that's Como House. <laughs> anyway, or, or some famous stately home, but... It, the um, I think the Egyptian scenes are filmed in Morocco. It's pretty lush. I thought you were going to say Moroccan. Do, no, no. do you remember Rush on the ABC? They yes. used to film the odd thing at Kaimai. Well, John Waters is in this. He actually plays an Egyptian oh, scientist. Been cracked out a who lot. Who is one of um, Franny's old flames. And um, all the, all the favourite characters are back. Dot is there early mm. on. Um, Miriam Margoyles is briefly back as what, what, Aunt Prudence. What is she not in, Miriam? Yeah, I know. Right. The um, honorary Australian. But there's, and there's, grumpy There's ads. some pretty well-known Aussie and there are also some pretty well-known Eng- English actors, including that Rupert Penny Jones. Is that his name? Love him. That used to yeah. be in, mm. was, you know, was uh, it Spooks or yeah, no, Spies? The, um, you know, the English yeah. show. Uh, yes, and he was also in uh, he was the in Law Spooks. Courts one, wasn't he? he was yeah, in the he Law was. Courts yeah. He was. Anyway, so he's in it. But look, this is about um, a famous Egyptian artefact. It's about... <laughs> It's set in the time of the Palestinian war with the Palestinian tension between Palestine and the UK. Back, I think it's in obviously well, in the 1920s. Franny's skirts have got a bit shorter. They're just below the knee now. Her gear is as good as ever. I mean, the, her, the gear's a story, yeah. isn't it? The hero yeah. of the movie. Look, there, Beautiful. There'd have to be one hero of the movie. And, you know, <laughs> we've been waiting for something to happen between Miss Fisher and Jack. Yeah, oh, the Caro. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Yes, that's right. She has a tendency doesn't she yeah. change? Give the plot away. <laughs> but uh, they're all there. It's great. If you want, if you want an 
hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes of escapism, go and see it. Anna, what have you been watching? Look, I actually haven't watched this because it's starting this week, but I've been reading up on reviews and I think for those that aren't watching The Tigers tomorrow night, being Thursday night, tune in to Deadwater Fell. It's on BBC... um, one on Foxtel. Oh, good yes. tip. So it's What's a, it about? Well, I'm about to tell you. Sorry. It's waiting, a highly acclaimed British thriller. And let's face it, no one does murder, mystery and mayhem like the Brits. No, they don't. So oh, I, I, although Midsummer Murders, we have to just say that was an aberration. Oh, entire, that's true. The entire yeah, yeah. Midsummer Murders I actually mean series. proper. It had a good inning. <laughs> no, Jeez. Corrie, I say proper. Right. Murder and mystery <laughs> and uh, crime. Anyway, this is a four-part series, which I already love. Because, you know, sometimes six parts, eight parts. They go too you long. You just can't commit. Whereas I think four parts during the corona time is going to be good. And it received rave reviews in England when it went to air earlier this year. It features a seemingly happy family living in a small, remote Scottish community, loving it already. Who doesn't love the sound of that? Who are torched to death in their beds. Oh, I'm not loving that. No, it's a murder mystery. Holy moly. So it sets off fear, suspicion and a murder investigation in the small, remote Scottish village. I know it sounds a bit broad church and it actually features the Scottish actor David Tennant, you know, who oh, was yes. in broad church. Yes. And Doctor Who. Doctor yeah, and Who. he's the good doctor in this whose wife and children are murdered in the fire. Oh. What, oh, what's the name of this again? It's Anna? called I'm Dead sending a message Water to myself. Fell and it's on BBC First on Foxtel on Thursday night and it's a four-parter and it's got great reviews. I just looked it up and I already had checked. I'd seen the shorts and thought that looks good. So I did a bit of Googling last night and David Craig of the Radio Times called it a complex and fascinating mystery and Lucy Mangan of The Guardian said it was an irresistible treat. <laughs> She also said it's broad church with freckles. I didn't understand what that meant. I'm just putting it out there. Um, Younger? I don't know. But I I think it looks fantastic. Remote Scottish village had me at hello. So I I just, uh, before we move on to food, I just want to pay tribute to 7.30 on ABC. I think their coronavirus updates and focusing on facts and the human stories behind this drama and crisis its coverage has been extraordinary and Lee Sales continues to be my crush of the year, really. And I just also wanted to say that Sarah Ferguson's program on Wednesday, on Tuesday night uh, about uh, abuse in the Catholic Church and actually interviewing pedophiles about oh, their past... horrendous? About oh. their past... The name of this show has gone completely out of my head, but we'll Hiding think about Hiding Behind God is what it should be called. Uh, it's I, a, oh, gosh, it's a good series and it's, Corey, con- it's continuing. Corrie, I'm going to throw in one more thriller, <laughs> which is on Netflix, which you will get addicted to. It's called Giri Haji. It's um, British-Japanese. No, Giri Haji in English means duty, shame. And it is brilliant. It's on Netflix. It came out in January. I've just started watching it. Okay. I've watched three episodes. Giri Haji. Anna, you will love oh, it. Corrie, good to so know. will you. Uh, sorry. You've got a simple recipe for us, I Corrie. just wanted to tell everybody, Sarah Ferguson's series is called Revelation. Tuesday nights at 8.30. It is an absolute must watch. She is such a fine journalist. 
Now, my recipe, Caro and Anna, as you know, I have a lot of friends who are called Jane and one of my Janes who sadly died a few years ago and she's still so deeply missed by all of us. Years and years ago, she gave me a recipe for her tuna dip. And I know that sounds pretty boring, but I'm just following up on the Cal Island challenge of Dear Caro and Cory, could you please give us some simple recipes? This is so simple, it's scary. And also, it's coronavirus related because Serena tuna is very hard to find in the supermarket at the moment. Especially the bigger cans. You can get the little ones. Mm. So I just thought if you have stocked up on Serena tuna and if you are looking for a nice dip, not that you'll be having very many cocktail Mm. parties, but this is also delicious in sandwiches. Kids love it. And I have been known over the years when there's been nothing else to actually do it as a pasta dip and just just uh, fold it through the pasta. So this is all it is. A big can of Serena tuna, a lemon zest and uh, a squeeze of lemon to taste how much you want. A third of a cup of really good quality whole egg mayonnaise. If you can't be bothered making your own, there's that great German brand that you yes. can get in delicatessens and so on that I love. Um Uh, ground black pepper you can put in some cayenne pepper that's optional it's up to you a quarter of a cup of fresh parsley leaves chopped one spring onion chopped and this is jane's special the little dash of brandy again to taste put it all in your whizzer in your dip yep put it all in the whizzer i get that i get that (laughs) with your tuna anna you've had this before and so you just put it in the whizzer and put it in a bowl and decorate it with parsley, little cut up spring onions, lemon zest, whatever, even capers if you want. And there you go. And the recipe will be on the show notes. It's a ripper. Jane's tuna dip will be on the show notes. Thanks, Corrie. Now, Miss Jane's giving us a bit of a wind up. So we're going to do six oh, are you? I didn't very see you. quick questions. Okay. Aren't I grumpy? No. No. No, All you're right, not. I'm not grumpy no. today, righto? Oh, no, 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 yes, you are. Go on. <laughs> Why are you grumpy? Uh, I'm, well, it won't be a surprise to know that I'm grumpy with Donald Trump so, on so many levels about how he has or not handled this coronavirus in America. Um, but the thing that I found most offensive the other day, Caro and Anna, is the fact that he has told 50 state governors that this is your problem. And when they have gone to the federal government to say, we need to get some coronavirus equipment happening fast, we need to take over big manufacturing plants, the president needs to decree this, we need to do it like wartime, he has told them, try getting it yourselves. Which means, what if you are Puerto Rico? And like, how do you how do you do this? How do you acquire scarce equipment? And how do you jostle for position? It's appalling. The way he's treating um, the mayor of New York, or the governor, no, the mayor of New York, Cuomo, is just diabolical, being so rude and so dismissive. So Donald Trump, you are making me very grumpy this week. Just for something completely different. Now, questions. <laughs> now, question. I think you girls will agree with me. Caro, Absolutely. my question to you. It's Reese Witherspoon's birthday this week. In fact, on March 22nd, she'll be 44. What's your favourite Reese role? You and Reese almost share a birthday, Corrie. We not quite. Do. Two, Legally Blonde, she is absolutely brilliant and that is a wonderful film. The sequel was a shocker though and I reckon her performance in Big Little Lies was this standout and I know Nicole Kidman won the awards and you know I love Nicole but she as the soccer mom socialite was Mm. absolutely brilliant. Anna, what's the best excuse you've heard this week for not going to work? (laughs) Look, it actually (laughs) did happen this week and I will keep it 
brief, but and I won't name names. A, a co-worker <laughs> was late coming to work, and he's normally on time. He arrived looking a little pale and wan. He's very tall. I need to put that in. I said, God, you're a bit late. What, though? He said, I was folding a sheet when I got completely envaggled in it and <laughs> fell over. He then thought he'd broken his leg. He then had to find pain relief, and then he had to hobble his rather tall frame down Chapel Street into the shop. I just think it puts the dog ate my homework completely in the shade. Look, I'm with him. With the, was it a fitted sheet? Because uh, I have been known we, to get a, a completely covered in a fitted sheet as I've tried to fold it. We, uh, well, the entire shop just has been hysterical ever since. Oh, poor Des. Corrie, sorry. What's the weirdest musical experience? <laughs> you can experience ask yourself a question if you want. You've ever had this week. What's the weirdest musical musical experience? The weirdest this mi- week. Uh, the same public toilet, Anna, that I went to a year or two ago. I mentioned on the podcast when you go inside it. it it plays music and that particular tune that time was Play Misty for me, which I thought was a bit odd. Bit I went scary. into the I went into the same public toilet the other day. <laughs> this time they played This Guy's in Love with You. Oh that's Ooh. nice. That's nice. Crazy music. I think that's very <laughs> Yeah, I know. Look, I'm, those those I prefer the old-fashioned public toilets. Although I guess no one's What's really with using it? And much they look at the like moment. a spaceship. But do you need this music anyway? I'm just always worried the door's going to open, which it did happen to me once. All get locked in, which also happened to me. Anna, if you had to go into lockdown with one game, one board game, what would you choose? There's only one game. It has to be Monopoly because it will take out <laughs> the entire time when when we're self-isolating. That game can go for weeks. Yeah, it all negotiating. Lots of fighting, though. Lots so of fights. good. You can be up, you can be down, you can be Old Kent Road, you can be Mayfair. <laughs> it's really, it's you're in for the long haul. I think, what, what I think we're all monopoly? on Old Kent Road at what the was, moment. What was your favourite? What was your favourite to own? Do you know what? It's boring. I was pretty happy with those utilities. Oh, boring yeah, not bad. No, I like the greens. Consistent. I like the, oh, the yellow street. street. And, and well, you won't be surprised to know that mine was Fleet Street. Oh, no, yeah. Well, and oh, those reds and yellows were good because they weren't too expensive, yeah. but they did yield good profit. But weren't you a rat when you owned Mayfair? <laughs> oh, I used to I spend a whole weekend playing Monopoly. Exactly. Now, before before um, we close off, Corrie. There was one um, more que- there two there, more questions there. No, anyway. there's only one. And before we close off, I'm going to ask you, apart from Don't Shoot the Messenger, any <laughs> other must-listen podcast? You, you, must, listen, you must listen to... Uh, don't shoot the messenger. That is imperative. And tell all your friends because we dropped half a star, Carol. We've gone from five stars to four and a half. So everybody has to click, click, click. This is the podcast everybody should listen to. The London Review of Books Readings, it is called. Uh, look it up in your podcast app. And this particular episode, Wash Your Hands Again. It was recorded on about the 14th of March from memory. It's an interview with Rupert Beale, who is an eminent British cell biologist and a clinician scientist. And he talks about what the coronavirus is, how well or otherwise countries around the world are dealing with it and what hopes there are for getting on top of this. It is everything you need to know. It is factual. Rupert is terrific. It's an interview and it's based on a long article he wrote for the most recent edition of the London Review of Books. So the podcast is called London Review of Books Readings. If you are confused or bewildered, particularly if you have older parents or so on, get them to listen to this. 
Look after yourself, everyone. Anna, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, Anna. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Corrie, lovely to see you. Everybody have a wonderful week. Stay cheerful. Thank you, Miss Jane. Stay healthy, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for your feedback and comments. Please send the comments, as we said, and tips and suggestions to the Don't Shoot the Messenger Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram at Don't Shoot Pod. We tweet, just join at Don't Shoot Pod. And you can email us, feedback, all these things you can do remotely at the moment. Feedback at don'tshootpod.com.au And Corrie, don't shoot the messenger.